If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 15. 2 Chronicles chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. The Bible reads like this, and it says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Odin, and when he and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. He says, whenever you seek him, you will find him. That's a blessing. He says, but if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For a long time, Israel was without the, was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, they found him. During those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nation and city against city. For God was troubling them with every kind of problem. But as for you, God says, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, your word brings life. Lord, bring life into this place this morning, Lord. If there are any dry bones, Heavenly Father, bring life, Lord. We pray for life this morning, Lord. We come against death, and we pray, Lord, for life in this building this morning. For those who are watching this morning, uh, Lord God, online, we pray for life in their homes, in their families, in their children, in their marriages, at their workplace, in their schools. Lord, we pray for life. Lord, that only comes from you. So we cherish your word. Help us, Lord God, to apply your word into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. The church says, amen. Amen. How many of you want life this morning? Amen. I'm in the right place. I titled this message this morning, Where Does My Help Come From? Hmm, where does my help come from? How many times in this past week have you asked God for help? How many times in this past week have you been thinking, if I can just get some help in this? And you can finish that sentence. Whatever area of your life that may be, all of us seek help in one way, shape, or form. Psalm 121, verse 1, the writer writes this, and he says, Shall I look to the mountains for help? No. He says, My help is from Jehovah, who made the mountains and the heavens. You see, what was taking place here was that other nations would go to these mountains and they would praise their gods. They would praise these false gods up on the mountain. And so the writer says, Where shall I look to for help? Shall I go to these mountains that other nations go to for this help? He says, no. No, because my help is from the one who created the mountains. 
He says, he will never let me stumble, slip, or fall. Thank you, Jesus. He says, for he is always watching, never sleeping. He himself is caring for me. He says, he is my defender. How many of you want God to be your defender here in this place? I'm telling you right now, there may be things that are coming against you that you don't even know are taking place behind the scenes, but guess what God does? Guess what God does? And God says, you don't even need to fight those battles. Even though you don't know what's taking place, I'm fighting them for you. Why? Because I'm your defender. Church, you and I need God to be our defender this morning. You need God to be your defender come tomorrow morning. Because you don't know what's going to be coming your way. You don't know the opposition. You don't know what people are going to be saying about you. But God does. And God does. But you need to leave it in God's hands and say, God, you be my defender today. When I, when I wake, Lord, I pray that you are my defender. When I go to work, I pray that you are my defender. When I come back home, I pray that you are my defender. When I go to church, I pray that you are my defender, Lord. He says, he protects me day and night. He keeps me from all evil and preserves my life. This is God, this is what God does for the church, for his children, for the faithful followers. He said he preserves their lives. We know that our flesh is dying, right? Every day it's dying. But when he talks about preserving, amen, he, we know that we are going to, that our souls will live forever. And God is preserving you and I. God is preparing you. God is preparing you for that eternal life with him. He says, he keeps, he keeps his eye upon me as I come and go and always guards me. See, maybe you're dealing with some hardships in your life this morning. Maybe it's a, it's a new job. It's a, it's a hardship. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a new child. You know, we know that you know, children are a blessing from God, but they're a lot of work, right? Maybe you're dealing with raising teenagers. Woo, talk about a lot of work. Maybe you're newly married. Maybe you're dealing with a struggling marriage. Maybe you're dealing with some financial difficulties. Maybe you're dealing with an illness. The list goes on. Whatever may be taking place in your life right now, and you say, God, I need help. Or you just cry out for help in general. I need help. Many times in my life where I've said those things, God, I just need help. What area in your life do you find yourself asking for help in? Where do you look to in times of need? Think about it. What do you turn to in those times of need in your life? The mountain, as the writer says, is what many of the nations turn to. They turn to the mountains, as I mentioned, to worship their false gods. This is what they turned to for help. 
I have this taking place in my life, and this is taking place in our city, and this is taking place in our nation. So let's do what we known to do, and let's go to these gods. God wants us to come to him. See, the first point this morning is that we must not rely on our own strength. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't rely on your own strength. Jeremiah 17.5 says this. It says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in and relies on mankind, making weak, faulty human flesh his strength and whose mind and heart turn away from the Lord. The Bible says is that cursed is he who trusts in the strength of mere humans. Now I know that, you know, we, we, we need each other, amen? How many believe that? You need each other. The Bible says that, that iron sharpens iron, right? We need each other. But what he's saying is cursed are those who who solely, solely base their help from human, from mere flesh and bones. Cursed are those. What does that mean, cursed? It means, it means that instead of blessings, you're going to receive heartache. How many know that's true? Instead of, instead of success, you're going to be let down. We know this in life. And so God says, don't rely solely upon mere humans. But blessed is the one who relies on my strength. Blessed is the one who relies solely upon me. We know that as humans, we are weak. We are merely flesh and bones. We are finite How often in your days do you become tired? Think about it. Even the strongest person here becomes tired. Every individual experiences this. After a certain amount of a work a day or whatever you are doing, you become tired. Why? Because you're just flesh and bones. That's all you are. That's all we are. In the end, we are weak compared to who God is. See, God is not finite. He is infinite. He is not mere flesh and bones. He is spirit. He is not like us. He is the source of strength. And this is what God seeks for you and I to understand is that if we are to receive help in our lives in whatever, in whatever area that may be, you need to go to the source. God says, come to the source and I will give you what you need. We need to know where our help comes from. See, God strengthens those who acknowledge their dependence upon him. Paul says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. When I am weak, Paul says, then in God I am made strong. Because when I am weak, 
No longer am I depending upon my own self. No longer am I thinking that Paul can do it. Paul has received the training and Paul can get through anything. Well, we leave out one very important detail is that we can get through anything but only with God. That Paul understood is that in his times of weakness, it has, it has enabled him to depend upon the Lord. Paul says, Lord, I need help. Where is this help going to come from? See, God is the source. He can give us that supernatural strength to those who depend upon him. See, you and I, we need to focus less on our hardships and focus more on God. Stop giving those trials the, the attention that it doesn't deserve. Stop speaking, stop, stop giving it power that it doesn't have over your life. Stop speaking that into your life. Stop speaking that over your children. Stop speaking that over your marriage, amen? You need to speak life over these relationships, amen? You need to speak life over it. You need to say, it doesn't matter what has taken place. It doesn't matter what I'm going through because I believe that God is allowing me to go through this. Amen? He's allowing me. You know, what blessed me. It blessed me when, when um, Brother Peter Gutierrez was speaking at, at the uh, just amazing celebration of life for Sister Tony. And he had mentioned something that when he had spoke to her and he asked her the question of, why you? Why is this happening to you? And she said, why not me? Why not me? See, this is, this is the, this is the uh, understanding that we need to have that it doesn't matter what God or what takes place in our lives, he has allowed it to take place. And he's, and he's allowing it for what? For his glory. For his glory. We can look at things and say, oh man, that is, that's, that's bad. This is a bad situation. This must be a curse. Stop calling it a curse. And look at it for what it is, God allowing it to take place in your life. And allow God to do what he intended to complete in your life. Allow him to do it. Because if we keep calling it what it is not, then we're going to be utterly confused in regards to what has taken place in our life. We're not going to know what to do. We're not going to know how to deal with it. We're going to get, we're going to get all messed up. We're going to start thinking that, that God made a mistake. No, God is very intentional. He's very, everything he does is with intention. And whatever's taking place in your life, whatever you are, whatever you are dealing with today, God says, come to me for the help. Come to me for the strength. I'll give you strength. I'll give you help. Just come to me. That's all I need from you. And God says, don't rely on your own strength. Many times we do this. 
And we think, oh, I got this based upon experiences, don't we? I've been through this before. And yes, there's things that we have gone through before that, that by the glory of God, you know, we're able to remember that God got us through that and, and God is going to get us through this as well. Thank God for that. But we still need his help. We still need his strength. Just because you have the experience or just because someone else may have the experience doesn't mean that you don't need to rely upon God. God says, you still come to me. Don't rely on your own strength. Don't rely on someone else's strength. Only rely on my strength. So what is God calling us to do? Number one this morning is to believe. This is very, very basic. Believe, but it's very necessary. Of course we need to believe. Well, then let's believe. Let's believe together. Let's believe in our lives that God is who he says he is. Let's believe in our marriage, amen, that God is a restorer. Let's believe with our children that God is going to give us the strength, amen, to guide them in his ways. Let's believe that. Let's believe that the words that you speak over their life, that they are actually listening. You need to believe that. It may sound so elementary, but it is so necessary in our lives. To believe means to accept the word or evidence of. Do you believe God loves you? Do you believe that? Do you believe God wants the best for you? Do you want the best for your children? I know you do. I know we do. We all want the best for our children. God wants the best for his children. You know, a, a relationship with God just brings so much clarity and understanding when you have children. It really does. It really does. It brings, you, it brings a lot more understanding of God's love for you, of how he looks at you, of how he feels about you when you make mistakes. I mean, in, the, in those times of, of making bad decisions, we can get down on ourselves, can't we? But then we think about when our kids make mistakes and the love that we still have for them. How much more God? God, God created love. God is, the, God is the source of love. God is love, the Bible says. We only love because he loved us first. Hebrews 11.6 says, anyone who comes to him must believe. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to believe. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We need to not only believe that God exists, but believe that he is there to help you and I. Amen? He rewards those who seek him. What does that mean? He helps us. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. In other words, he says, I will help you. I will help you through these circumstances in your life. See, you and I need to believe that 
God sees us wherever we, wherever we are, and he is thinking of us. God, I know that whatever area in my life I find myself in, that you are thinking of me. You don't stop thinking about me. I'm always on your mind, God. I'm a, I, you are always, always, always working things out for my good. Why? Because you are always thinking of me. And this is who God is. He's constantly thinking of us. Thinking of ways to bless us through obedience. Will we believe in him? Will we trust him? Will you and I trust him to work those things out in our lives? You see, it's good to believe in oneself. It is. But it's better far better to believe in God. Tell you that right now. Jesus doesn't want you and I resting on the how and the when as if we're even wise enough to understand them, you know, understand it in the first place. You know, God, if you tell me why it's happening, will I even understand it? If you give me clarity, before I'm ready to receive, I may not understand it. Rather, God wants to arrest our souls on the surety that he's going to keep his promise. That he is true to his word. That in the best way, at the best time, God is going to give you what you need. He's going to give you that help. The Bible says, come to me. He says, cast your anxieties on me, for I care for you. Remember that? Remember when God said that? To cast your anxieties upon him because he cares for you, because he's thinking of you, because he wants to bless you. Remember when God said, uh, trust in me and do not lean on your own understanding? How many of us try to, how many of us try to understand on our own what God is doing in our lives? God says, just trust in me, and you will find rest for your souls. See, Jesus, he's the one answer, church, to every concern, every question, to every fear that we ever have in our lives. And God is calling us to believe. God is also calling us, very importantly here, to abide. Say that with me, abide. This is crucial for you and I. To abide means to continue, to remain. Remain in Him. God, what do you want me to do? Remain in me. All right, God, what's the next step here? Remain in me. Just continue. Just abide in me. In John 15, Jesus compares our relationship with him using the analogy of a branch to a grapevine. Of itself, the, that branch is, is weak, it's useless. It's only good for either bearing or burning. 
but not for building, unlike the branch of a tree. We know that this branch cannot produce any fruit if it is apart from the vine. And this is what God says to us, is that we must remain. We must remain connected to him. See, we need to believe it. Yes, that is so, so key, but we need to remain. How do we tell that we are remaining in him? The Bible says that we bear fruit. The Bible says that you will, you will know them by their fruit. And each branch that is connected will bear fruit. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You will bear fruit. As you remain in him, you will see that taking place in your life. What is that fruit that we bear in our lives? Oh, it's the fruit of those trials and those hardships, those circumstances in your lives being used for the glory of God. Being used to tell someone else about Jesus Christ. About the power of God. About His strengthening. About how you didn't do it on your own. You only did it because of God. It was all because of God. And when you point others to Him, guess what? That is that fruit that has taken place in your life. That is that fruit that you are bearing, that others will see, that others will notice, hey, there is something different, amen? He didn't do it on his own. She didn't do it on her own. She had some help. Yes, she had the, the creator of the heavens and the earth helping them. But God is calling us to abide. He's calling you to remain. Maybe there's areas in your life right now where you say, I just need help. I just need help. Quick. I need it fast. God says, be patient. Be patient. Because at the best time, I will give you exactly what you need. At the best time. At the right time. Maybe you're a ministry leader here in this place and you're thinking, man, I just need some help. Amen. I know every ministry leader thinks that. And we pray that. Amen. You keep praying that. You keep praying that God brings in workers. You keep praying that God brings in the harvest. Amen. Brings in those who are going to serve in the house of the Lord. I remember being at East Long Beach and when we had first started there, thank God, I thank God that we had a team to help us. We were blessed to have a team go with us there in East Long Beach. We couldn't do it without them. And I remember having our first Bible study. And I remember my wife and I praying, God, just send someone. God, send someone. Why? Because we didn't want to be alone. We didn't want to have a, a gathering where no one showed up. Why? Because to me, I was 
in, in myself, I was thinking, man, I don't, I don't want to feel defeated like that. I knew, I knew what it would do to me, and so we were praying, God, God, bring someone. I remember the, our first Bible study that we had. God brought one person. And I'm telling you right now, I was so overjoyed by that one person. One person. You got to understand, I grew up in this church. Now, I don't, I don't know what constitutes like a mega church, but this is, this is a pretty big church that I grew up in. It was by no means a baby church. And getting sent out, oh my goodness, gave me a whole new uh, 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 just outlook and, 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 and respect and love for baby churches. But I remember seeing that one person and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you answered our prayer. You answered our prayer. You see, where some may, where some may not be uh, uh, content unless they have 10 or 20 or 30, you see, God knows what you need. God knew what we needed. God knew that it didn't matter if, if, if 20 or 30 showed up. It was just one. God, let it not be zero. But God is faithful. And ever, and ever since then, as every service went, we were never, ever without. We were never without. That's a blessing. It may not sound that big to you, but it was big to me. And like I said, you don't understand it until you're actually in that place yourself. You don't realize the importance of it and what it does to you until you're in that place yourself. Just like your circumstances right now in your life, others may not understand, but you know who does? God. God understands whatever is taking place in your life right now. You may be the only one here in this place that is going through what you're going through, but guess what? God understands. And guess what? God is always thinking about you. He hasn't stopped thinking about you. And what better place to be than have God thinking about you? To, for you to be on God's mind. Oh, man. You are in the shelter of the Most High. I'm telling you. So God is calling us to abide. He's also calling us to follow. To follow means to watch steadily. To keep the mind on. See, many of us, you know, we can, we can hit that follow button on social media without any intention of actually following. Many of us, many of our youngsters have a misunderstanding of what following actually means. Of what it means to actually follow according to the word of God. Why? Because we base it upon social media. We base it upon these kind of relationships. But God says, oh my goodness, I'm going to give you an understanding of what follow actually means. Of what I am calling you to do. Jesus says in Luke 14, if you do not pick up your cross and follow me, you are not my disciple. 
if you do not pick up your cross. Now I know that may not seem, may not carry the same meaning today as it did back in the day, as it did 2,000 years ago, when someone says you need to carry your cross. Oh man, how that term and word has lost its meaning over these years. See, because back 2,000 years ago, that cross was a means of execution. That's exactly what it was. That cross was, no, was meant for nothing more but for someone to be executed. Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Those are heavy words. That's a big responsibility. Those are things that people need to really, really, you know, these days people will not even say yes to because it's such a huge responsibility if you put it into perspective. But this is what Jesus is calling us to do. He says, if you do not pick up your cross and follow me, you are not my disciple. You are not a follower of me. But if you decide to follow me at all cost, Jesus says, even to the point of death, then you will be my follower. Then you will be my disciple. Then you have learned what it means to follow me. You don't quit when you're offended. How many know that we live in a culture today that any offense and we're gone? Even in a marriage, you get offended by little things. I'm not saying big things. I'm not saying like, you know, unfaithfulness. Don't get me wrong here. I'm saying little things. And we wanna, we wanna just up and leave. At our jobs, our bosses bring, us, bring some correction and we wanna leave. I'm gonna find a new job. My boss just got mad at me. Because you were late every day. What do you expect? I know some are working from home, but not everyone is working from home. We got to show up to work, right? Amen. We got to show up. And you can't show up late. You can't do whatever you want to do. But we get hurt. We get offended and we want to quit. Jesus says, that is not a follower of me. A follower of me sticks through when the going is tough. There's going to be times, Jesus says, when you are offended, when others are going to offend you for my sake, when others are going to persecute you, then what? If you can't handle a simple correction from your boss at work, how are you going to stay with me when you are persecuted for my sake? He says, I'm not looking for the three million, I'm looking for the 300. I'm looking for the 300 who are going to stay by my side, who are not going to quit. Just like Gideon with those 300, I don't mean the movie, amen, I mean from the Bible. You're already thinking Gerard Butler, huh? Like, yeah, he was, he did it. <laughs> Gideon and his 300, they were the ones 
who were going to follow him. Those were the ones that were in it until the very end. Gideon, I'm with you. I'm with you. Wherever the Lord has called you, guess what? He's called me to. He's called me right with you, and I'm going to stay by your side. We're going to fight this together. Jesus says, I need, I need people like that. I need people like that. We need to ask God to help us to not get offended so easily. We really do. It's going to help us in the long run. The writer of Psalm 121 says in our text that God will never let us stumble. You parents know exactly what I'm talking about. If you were taking your kid up on a trail and there was, it was rocky soil or there was some you know, nearby cliffs, what are you going to do? You're going to hold their hand, aren't you? You're going to hold their hand. And this is what God does. In those hardships in our lives, in those trials, when the ground is rocky, when there's cliffs nearby that we can, that we can uh, 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 you, know, you know, get hurt, uh, uh, there's danger nearby, what does God do? He holds our hand and he helps us along the path. As our worship team comes forward this morning, Psalm 66, verse 9, the Bible says, He does not allow our feet to slip. He does not allow our feet to slip. Psalm 94, verse 18, he says, If I should say, My foot has slipped, your loving kindness, O Lord, will hold me up. Hmm. But understand that these promises are only for the followers of Christ. They're only for the followers of Christ. And you say, well, that's mean. No, that's the way it is. Because you got to choose to follow Christ. And if you choose to follow Christ, guess what comes with that? The blessings. Blessings come with following him. But if you choose to disobey him, guess what comes with that? Curses. God doesn't want us to be cursed. God wants us to be blessed. So he says, choose to follow me. The choice is yours. I'm not going to force you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 20, uh, 32, 20, uh, 32, 35, regarding the wicked, regarding the ungodly, it says, in due time, their feet will slip. See, the opposite goes for the world. God says he won't let the feet of his children slip, but the feet of the ungodly, sadly, they will. But those who follow Christ will be held by the mighty hand of God. God will help you. God will help you. His strength is our source of strength. Colossians 1.11, Paul says this. He says, we are praying that you will be filled with his mighty, glorious strength so that you can keep going no matter what happens. Always full of the joy of the Lord. That's my prayer for you this morning, for the church, for the body of Christ, for those who are weary this morning, 
for those who are asking for help, that you would be filled with his mighty, glorious strength so that you can keep going no matter what. That you can push through. I'll end with this, Psalm 115, verse 9. It says, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. The Lord remembers you and will bless you. Verse 14 says, may the Lord richly bless both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. See, church, when life's struggles make you weary, you and I need to find strength in the Lord. You're not going to find it on your off of your own strength or even off of someone else's strength. You're only going to find it in God. Where does my help come from? Where does my help come from? Church, remember that it is only from God. You must believe it. You need to abide in Him. You need to follow Him in all of your ways, not just in your words, but in your actions. That others would see you abiding in Him. That others would see that you're not giving that you're not giving to, to giving power to these things by speaking about them, but that you're speaking God's words over these things. You're not giving these things any kind of recognition, but instead you're recognizing who God is. You're not talking about this with others that could, that could possibly hurt them or that could possibly distract them or that could possibly bring them down. Instead, you're talking to it about, uh, you're talking to or about it to God. You're talking about it to God. You're giving him these things. You're giving him your concerns. You're giving him your hardships your trials, saying, God, you are my defender. Your Lord, you are my helper, and I will trust in you. You give me everything that I need, and it's the best. Lord, you are the best. Let's give God praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every head is bowed, every eye closed.